Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. On today's show, we're remote today. We're actually out of VA and we have a dynamic duo. We have the founding fathers and mother of Guide Roasting Company and Green, Green Pod Coffee Packing. Now, to explain what these two companies do, we're going to go ahead and lead over to the queen herself, Julie. Hi. So we started a roasting company a few years ago now. and Really, we got into that because our youngest child did not sleep, and we sort of became coffee-obsessed out of necessity, <laughs> and Gary bought us an, ex- an espresso machine for the house as like a wedding anniversary present, and then he started roasting on this little tiny baby roaster, enjoyed that, decided to go to roasting school, and then we upgraded to a bigger roaster, and it became less of a hobby and more of a business. And as we were doing that, our customers wanted K-cups. They wanted something to use in their in their brewers, their little single serve brewers. But we weren't really excited about the idea of getting into all the little plastic cups and the coffee doesn't taste great out of those. And that's when Green Pod Coffee Packing was born. We hooked up with a company that already had some technology to do compostable pods, and they built us a small machine so that we can do compostable coffee pods on a small scale. So that's like the quick story. Gotcha. So this is just take it back a little bit. I mean, sir, why did you guys decide? I mean, obviously, as a a team, right, you can kind of dive into anything. You guys could have became real estate agents. You could have been pretty much anything under the sun. Why did you guys pick coffee as that niche? Well, one thing is uh, we saw just the craft brewery market explode. And, uh, you know, maybe some of it's just the area we live in, but more and more people have been supporting local. And um, food in particular was taking a more artisan approach where people were specializing in certain areas. We had our natural love for coffee. So we thought, hey, why not try specialty roasting? Um, Digging into it a little bit, we realized that it could be a viable business. So that's kind of what we started, as Julie mentioned, with the little roaster. And then uh, over time, we had to grow into something much larger. Hmm. So let's just talk about, I mean, how did you guys meet each other? Like, how, how did that story come to fruition? School. <laughs> you want to say anything? So we were at Louisiana Tech. Um, it's a small school in North Louisiana. Just so happened that my parents and his parents had gone to that school, and then we ended up there as well. And um, we met when Gary was in business school. He was doing masters, and I was actually there for education. I used to be a classroom teacher before we started coffee. So, um, so yeah, we met there, and then we ended up getting married. And Gary's previous job brought him to Virginia. And we fell in love. We did not want to leave. <laughs> so now we're trying to convince all of our family to move up here. We actually have four seasons and you can get to the beach, you can get to the mountains. It's just been great. So we decided to stay for long term. Great, great. So, I mean, so it seems like, Gary, you have a business background. I mean, you went to school for it. So being that you have essentially two different brands, right? You have the Green Pod and you have Guide Roast and Company. Are those set up like S-Corps, C-Corps, LLCs? Like what's the behind the scenes on, on the structure of your business? Yeah, so uh, we've, you know, we've always wanted to be entrepreneurs, even as a young child, um, you know, during high school working, I worked with a lot of small businesses. Uh, some of the owners were great mentors and kind of showed me, you know, how the businesses function and, and how to structure it. So we actually started our LLC, Kratzer LLC in 2009. Um, and you know, over the years, we've done a variety of things from Julie doing private teaching when we moved here. Um, she had a, a successful sewing business at one point. Um, and over the years, we've just kind of adapted that to whatever direction we were going. And then once uh, coffee started to take over our QuickBooks file, we had to, you know, kind of focus on, on that as that was the, uh, 
the majority of the revenue. Uh, so we have a, an LLC and then basically our doing business as and business licenses. We have two of those, one under Green Pod and the under, other under Guide Roasting. But they all end up running into one uh, limited liability corporation. Got it. Got it. So, I mean, obviously you guys are family centric, but we always know that it's always a difficult thing to run a business with a family member. So like, like how does that work? Like, I mean, obviously there's left brain, there's right brain. So who's managing what in this business as far as you and your wife? I think, uh, you know, we've gotten asked this question a lot because most people are shocked we can make it work. But I think what, what helps the most is uh, we have entire Entirely different roles and responsibilities, and we just kind of respect each other's, uh, you know, their place and what they do. So, you know, I do the the finances, I do the, uh, you know, the running the equipment, um, the type of, you know, construction coordination, project management, that type of thing. Um, when it comes to sales and marketing, uh, social media, I just completely hands off on that, and that all goes to Julie. So it, it helps us just kind of stay within our, you know, our own lane and, and out of each other's way. But at the same time, we, we share an office. We sit side by side with each other. So I, w- I think that would be definitely beneficial, right? I mean, being that you guys are on joint ventures within life and within business, overcoming hurdles, right? Like just talk about some of the hurdles that you guys were able to tag team and kind of overachieve and, and get past. Uh, I think, uh, well, there's one hurdle we have is not, so much of a business hurdle as it is just a time management hurdle. Um, Julie likes to stay up all night long. <laughs> I like to go to bed early and wake up early in the morning. So it's uh, we're kind of on different schedules, and sometimes it's difficult to kind of coincide with the family and the kids. And when we're working together, um, I, I mean, sometimes I wake up at four or five and I look at my phone and it says, "You've received a text message two hours ago from Julie." You know, I'm like, what in the world is she doing up at you know 3 a.m. sending me messages? So that's the work messages. Yeah. <laughs> so just you know, kind of coordinating through our different schedules has been a, you know, it's it's a little bit of a challenge, but we make it work. So, in the journey of a business, right, there's always a level of achievement to success that you want to get to, right? And we always hear about the overnight success stories that took 20 years to come to fruition that seems to be something that happened in three weeks. How long did it take you guys to build up the brand and to get to where you currently are? We've been at this for about three years. So, you know, like Gary mentioned, we had been doing some small things with the with the LLC for a while, but the coffee thing has only been in existence about three years. So, it really did happen fairly quickly. Um, and the time management, like you said, has been the hardest thing, just not having enough hours in the day to accomplish everything I want to get done. So I stay up late at night because everybody's in bed. Nobody's asking me to make a sandwich. I can sit down and work consistently for a while. And, and he finds that time in the morning when the kids are still asleep he'll come up here and, and get his work done. So, yeah. So I mean, your partnership doing. is a fruitful one in the sense that you guys have the synergy between the night and the day, the yin and the yang, the positive and the negative. So, I mean, that's definitely a beautiful attribute to have. Um, what's something that you guys would want to do differently if you could do it all over again? Uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, I know one, one of the, the struggles has always been just how fast you grow how quickly you dive into a business. Um, you know, myself, just like, you know, most other entrepreneurs, a lot of times they don't just come out of high school and open a business, right? They're doing some other career, some other job, and they have to, at some point, decide, you know, are they going all in on their own? Um, you know, how much and how quickly to invest? You know, those things are always uh, you know, tough questions. And one of the things that I don't know if I do it differently, but I always wonder is if I'd gone all in faster, would I be to this point, you know, a year too earlier, you know, then again, maybe you would have run out of money and not been able to be successful because you weren't able to, to, to kind of slowly work your way into it without accumulating a lot of debt. So I I don't really know if, if I would do it differently, but I kind of wonder what it would be like to take different approaches. Hmm. So, I mean, it, it sounds like not only do you have a business background, it seems that the combination between you guys, you've grown into being more business savvy. 
Do you, either one of you come from an entrepreneurial background? I grew up with my dad owning his own business. So I saw that my whole life, the, the positives and the negatives to that. You know, he was a workaholic of sorts, but he loved what, what he was doing. He's an optometrist with a, just a single practice. And I can remember as a small child, like thinking that my dad lived at his office. <laughs> so maybe that wasn't enough balance there. So I feel like that's something that I'm trying to stay really aware of is that, you know, when you're starting something on your own and you just want to pour yourself into it completely and there's, there's never an end, there's never a stopping point, finding that balance between the work and the family life is it's hard to, it's hard to do that, but definitely seeing that as a kid growing up that way, I feel like that kind of helps me in this journey. Do you think that was a factor to your current success being that you grew up in that environment? I mean, it definitely gives me perspective on what we're doing and, and how I want to do it. And, um, I don't know if I would be more or less nervous if I didn't see that growing up because um, when we were when we were going into this and Gary was talking about going all in and leaving his other career, I was more hesitant because of the things that I knew from from growing up with our own business. So I feel like that still gave us like a good balance and gave me a good perspective on what we were getting into. So earlier on, I think you alluded to not having to be able, you could work late and not have to question if someone asking you to make you a sandwich, right? <laughs> so yeah. that, that kind of obviously opens up to say that obviously you're, you're family, right? And you have potentially kids. So yes. how do you guys juggle your work life with your family life? Right now, that's tough with the COVID stuff because the kids aren't in school. So I was used to working while they were at school and now they're home all the time. And um, I'm more of the teacher during the day. So juggling that has been hard. I feel like Gary is able to carry more of the weight during the day and I'm having to balance with the kids more. And so then that is why I stay up late at night because I can work for a longer stretch of time. So, um, He's, we've also split them up a little bit. Like Gary would bring one to the office and I would keep one at home and try to tag team the schoolwork that way. But yeah, that's definitely been one of the hardest things. What would your response be, Gary? Yeah, I, I think, uh, um, you know, the, one of the things we've tried to do is make the, the kids have a, a role in the business to some extent. So you know, here they have an, an office slash playroom. Um, you know, we try to be pretty uh, um, laxed with them up here to try to make it fun. So, you know, if we need to, to talk with customers and, and do things like that, we'll have them watch a movie or something just to make sure they stay kind of quiet and out of the way. Um, but at the same time, you know, they'll help us clean the floors. They'll help us package coffee. You know, they'll sit with us when we're doing roasting. So, you know, we try to give them a little bit of a role and, and feel somewhat involved. Um, and we've, you know, tried to make it to where the office wasn't necessarily a, a bad place for them to be. We want it to be a little bit fun. And then also we try not to take them up here more than we have to. That way it doesn't start to get just, you know, old and miserable. For That's great. So talking about like just your routines right and being that you guys essentially have kids like what are your morning routines look like or your morning habits so right now usually gary like he says gets up really early and he'll often come up here before the rest of us has started our day and when the kids are doing virtual school it's just for the first half of the day so I'll keep them at home as often as I can through that period of the day. And then we come to the office and mom tries to work and then we let them do some things up here. So it's kind of Gary starts, then me and the kids do school. And then by the afternoon, we're all up here together and 
And like he was saying, the kids enjoy being a part of it. They like to ask questions. They like to tell other people about our business. The six-year-old tries to sell coffee to pretty much everybody we meet. So they're really into it. So that's kind of been fun and something that we've tried to keep going. And, you know, it's a learning experience too. So since they're home for school, we sort of build this into school. Yeah, it's always great seeing entrepreneurs, including their kids in the in the environment. And I, and I always say, like, you know, obviously school is a great tool, but there's nothing more fruitful than giving your kid an education on a firsthand experience about how to monetize something. Mm-hmm. So I definitely commend you guys like you're bringing in, a, like you say, your six year old is, is, is selling it for you, which is a beautiful thing. So like when, when they go from being six to like 12 or an 18 and by then they'll understand the, behind the scenes of the business, they'll see, you know, not necessarily the wealth behind it, but they'll understand where that money is coming from and they'll have a greater appreciation for it. Uh, Would you two concur with that? Is that one of the reasons why you guys are bringing them in and showing them behind the scenes? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, uh, uh, I I think our older child, the more she can, you know, learn about, um, you know, just money and transactions and how the world works, you know, things aren't for free. You have to, you have to, you know, buy certain things. Um, you know, I think the more she kind of learns about that, rather than learning math, she can count change, you know, things to where she actually understands and kind of sees what she's learning uh, at work, I think is helpful. The simple things is using a scale to weigh out coffee beans and, you know, add numbers up. Those are things that I think just make a lot more sense when you see it in action. Yeah, that's definitely great and insightful too. And it's it's one of those things that, you know, I would hope that whoever's listening to this and seeing that you guys are a couple, you're not working on one brand, you're working on two brand, you're full-time parents, but you're also single finding opportunity to educate your kids in addition to the education that they're getting at school. So that, that's definitely a win-win situation. Usually when, when I speak to people, right, I mean, we're talking about entrepreneurs, we're talking about small business owners, startups, um, intellectuals, and I think you guys fit that bill 100%, right? And so what books are you guys reading? Are you more audio book? Are you more ebook? Like what flavor of education are you guys into? Oh, boy. Yeah. I... Go ahead. Well, you're going to say you don't read, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I read uh, short things. So I like to read a lot of smaller articles um, rather than just full out books. Uh, it's, I, I struggle to find the time. Uh, you know, hopefully over the next few months as our business kind of gets gets rolling. You, uh, I mean, just recently our, our machine that we ordered a year ago from Italy finally arrived. So for the past month, uh, you know, the, the two days that we had to relax was Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So, you know, we're finally getting a little bit of a break. But I think in general, um, you know, I like to read articles. Um, you know, sometimes it's just searching the internet for a topic and find a couple articles that are written on on a few things. Um, uh, it also, uh, you know, different magazines. I, I think something that helps a lot is uh, trade show magazines. If you can get, or, or not necessarily trade show magazines, but you know, articles and publications within your trade space. Uh, the more that you just start to learn, and, and some of it's you know, coffee talk, we get a, a daily email with half a dozen articles. And then, you you know, you click on one, you click on a couple links, you just kind of through osmosis, learn about the industry, learn about the players, learn about trends. I think that's helped us more from a very tactical level of our business versus just like an overall self-help kind of uh, kind of publication. That's definitely an interesting uh, approach. So if you don't mind, I mean, like what, what kind of URLs are you going to? Is there like a particular like coffee article generator out there? Or? I, I don't know. I think that's the beauty of the Internet. I'm not really sure what I click on, but somehow they like the advertisements find me or or, you know, I just get a couple, uh, uh, you know, even through people that um, that that sell stuff like uh, one example is a website called called a whole latte love and there may just be like an article on a grinder and then you start to click on that that might go to another article talking about coffee grind size and coffee extraction and you can really get into some you know some technical aspects just from you know somebody's advertisement and email yeah that's definitely interesting i mean you're talking about like what i refer to is understanding the algorithm of facebook and youtube and letting it work for you so Mm -hmm. if you click on a roaster 
then all your ads are going to be roasters. Right. If you click on a brand of coffee, then all your ads are going to be. So you're following that without even realizing you're following, and which is, is great because now all that information is always going to be in your feeds. And it's kind of like your bloodline to your business. It's great. So Julie, I, I, you're coming from an education background to where you were educators. So I would think maybe your views are probably a little bit different than his. <laughs> They are. So I actually love to read before we started this business. And now I really don't have time to finish a whole book either. But what I've, I love learning new things and doing new things and running this business has been nothing but learning new things. And like he mentioned, I'm trying to do all the social media and the marketing and the selling. And I had never done any of that previously. Maybe a little bit of the marketing side with my sewing business, but but not much. So I'm constantly in like these articles, like he was saying, you know, I'll I'll ask friends that are in these certain spaces. Like we have a friend that is in uh, marketing. He's come in and sort of done some classes with us. And then I just grab as much information from him as possible. <laughs> and then I've gone out and read everything I could find that he sort of suggested to us about email marketing and how to keep up with our customers. And um, each day I'm basically on something else. So like I'm also learning how to use Adobe Illustrator. And so that's something that for a few days, all I'll read is articles and and the help sites for for the Adobe Illustrator and, and try to learn that. So I'm constantly just trying to pick up these new skills that will help us in our business. So collectively, both you guys are kind of like active readers. You're looking for how-tos and then you're going to find that information through the searching. So, I mean, you also alluded to that you used to have opportunity to read. So <laughs> this is travel back a little bit, right? This is say in the last five years, are you more of a nonfiction or a fiction reader? Uh, I'm more of a nonfiction. Probably 50-50 on that. Like, I really enjoy nonfiction, but then I also liked having that time to just read something that wasn't important, I guess, you know, just for fun. So, so yeah, I'm about 50-50 there. Got it. So going into like season two, we had the opportunity to kind of, and that's why I'm kind of just talking about books in general. We, we decided to create like a book club. So if there's any books that either one of you would like to recommend so we can kind of put it out there to kind of say, this is your top round pick of a book, which one would that be? Oh gosh. Um, you got anything, Gary? No, you, you picked the wrong two people to ask that question yeah. to. <laughs> it's been so long since we read real, I know. real books. The last like actual book that I finished was something related to parenting and not business. So, yeah, non nonfiction. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it's great because I mean, the diversity is is what we're looking for, right? So, I mean, you're saying that you have opportunity to read articles, right, versus necessarily reading books, but just the way you guys were talking about it, it it's kind of influential in the sense that okay, if you're not having opportunity to read a book, you're still having opportunity to educate yourself, and you're using current media using current search tools to find that information on a day-to-day -day basis. And like for you, you're talking about marketing and then you're talking about Illustrator and you're jumping around. And I'm, I'm sure for you, you're looking, okay, this part's broken. How do I fix this part? How do I repair this machine? So it's definitely um, influential and, and it gives people opportunity to find out how you're processing and how you're finding information. Yeah. I, and I think, uh, you know, as we were talking and thinking, I have listened to some random podcasts and also tried to, uh, if I was going to read a book, one of the things that I think is critical is just how to uh, create deals and get sales. Um, you know, just how to make the right pitch and get people engaged. Because, you know, I don't know of any business um, that survives without customers. And being able to actually, you know, talk to people, get them energized about what you have, um, getting sales is, you know, that makes or breaks you. So, you know, there were some, some podcasts and stuff like that. I listened to, I, I listened to one that was unrelated, but it was simply, you know, podcast on cold calls. And I don't remember, you know, which one this was, it's been probably, you know, nine months or so, but, um, you know, that's kind of, you know, when we got into this business, calling random roasters, calling, uh, you know, equipment suppliers, it's easier to talk to somebody selling to you versus you trying to make a sale, but just getting in touch with the right people and figuring out how to, uh, 
you know, kind of get your, your hooks into something is, uh, you know, it's not, it's not easy. And, you know, sometimes it's not fun depending on the personality, but I mean, those are tasks that, you know, we had, we had no option, right. Um, if we're trying in the case of green pod to package other roasters, coffees, we have to go find roasters, you know, we have to just go, you know, beat down the doors, um, and, and figure out how to get people energized and, and start to make sales. That's definitely some solid insight. So just jumping back on, on YouTube on a personal level, right? You guys have a business. Your kids are still fairly young. Where do you see yourselves in 20? I'll let you go with that one, Gary. You've got the big picture. No. I wanted to sit on a sailboat, but, you know, Julie's, uh, she's canceled all my sailboat plans. <laughs> so. Canceled. I, I do not have the urge to go out in the ocean on a small boat. I'll just put it that way. But yeah. in the lake, <laughs> sure, sure. No, I, I think in, in uh, 20 years, I struggle to think that I'll ever just step away from a business. Um, but I like to think that in 20 years, we can have a business such that, uh, you know, our kids can have an active role, uh, you know, if they if they choose to. I'd, I'd hate to make them feel obligated. But, you know, if they wanted to be able to kind of keep things going, I'd love for them to be able to do it. Um, you know, I'd love for us to have more time to travel and kind of do our own things, but, uh, you know, still be still be in, engaged in the business to, to some degree. Yeah, it's funny that you brought up um, sailboats because I, I just got into sailing last year and I bought uh, like a like a 28 foot boat last year. So we're just learning how to sail. I look at it as a life skill. I read a book on that. I see it's all coming back to my act. That was a full book I read. Yeah. So it's, 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 I definitely side with you as far as that comes, but the irony of this, this entire conversation is that my wife on the other hand is looking at the sailboat as kind of like, where's the power behind it? And I'm just kind of like, well, it's, it's, a, it's a life skill. Yeah. You can survive on a boat versus not have to have gas, but definitely um, humorous in that way. Uh, so just looking at your business, right? Like what tools do you guys use that's behind the scenes that are like, like not like necessarily obvious to run your business? Uh, okay. I have, uh, I don't know, this may, may or may not should go, but we'll, we'll talk like software tools. Um, you know, I, I worked at, you know, Fortune 100 companies and they used all the big stuff, right? SAP, Salesforce.com. Um, and one of the things I found is a lot of these tools are just, it's a disaster. And I think it's because big companies don't necessarily know how to use it. And it becomes a lot of work that's not helpful. And then as we got into this, we started to talk to, uh, you know, talk to other people in the, in the space. And, uh, you know, that's a whole nother topic is just like reaching out to people that can help you and listening to what they have to say. Uh, I remember we were about to launch and uh, we talked to our neighbor that's a, a marketing guy. And he said, so how are you going to email people? And I was like, oh, we're just going to have one of our employees go to Gmail and just start emailing people. He's like, well, that's a horrible idea. He's like, don't do that. He said, there's something called active campaign. I'm like, oh, I've never heard of it. And, you know, we learn about how just a simple tool like that can help you, uh, you know, organize all your leads, automate emails, collect analytics. I didn't know any of that was possible. Um, Something I'm I'll be sure, learning for a long time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's what, you know, things like Salesforce are supposed to be doing. But, you know, I've never been exposed to that. Um, you know, other tools such as, uh, you know, the calendar app, right, Calendarly. You know, as we, we learn talking to people that uh, you, you email some people, you're asking for a meeting, you're trying to coordinate a meeting. And it seems like, you know, a, a half a dozen emails go by and you don't have anything on the calendar. And again, from our friend Phil, we learned about this Calendarly app to where rather than going back and forth asking when a good time is, you immediately give them a link to where it's, you know, they can click a time and it's synced up with your calendar. And then all of a sudden, within you know one email that day, we're getting meeting invites. Simple tools like that, and honestly, I don't. It's like you know a few dollars a year or free for the most part. But there's a lot of just simple free tools that have been game changers to us. And asking friends, like he was saying, asking for help. You know, I was having to learn all these new things, things that I had no experience with. And once I started just reaching out a little bit and asking for help from, from friends, people started coming and teaching me all kinds of wonderful things. You know, I was going to try to do a video for our Kickstarter 
And it was going to be a disaster, but I was trying really hard. I was reading, I was learning like the equipment, the type of mic that I needed. And then when I asked for some help with getting the equipment, some friends just started offering to actually do it for me correctly. And that's kind of how Phil came in with the sales side of things. And so reaching out to other people that are willing to help you succeed has just been huge, just really a a game changer recently, because I think in my past, I just always tried to do it all myself and think that I was going to just learn all this stuff if I stayed up late enough and read enough. And asking for help now is kind of new to me and working out fabulously. That's great. I mean, that's just definitely two great tool sets. I mean, one is physical and one is just using your environment. And a lot of people they don't think that people are willing to help, but if you don't ask, then the help won't come. And to your point, Gary, about automation and systems, like that's like, like I preach that day in, day out. If you're not in an automatic system that's going to create results for you, then you're essentially you're you're, you're wasting your time. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys just a question, like just like on the marketing side, as we kind of dove into that space, right? How often are you guys sending out emails, and what kind of content are you sending out in those emails? We're not sending out enough right now. I know that because I haven't taken enough time to create the content ahead of time. I'm trying to create things on the spot because I'm always out of time. (laughs) But when we were launching GreenPod, I was more intentional about setting up a schedule. Um, Like our marketing friend was explaining to us the best way to kind of map out where we were trying to go. And with that, it was just educating roasters on this new option that had never been around before. And there were hurdles of getting past the the bad vibes people had from K-Cups in general and being able to teach them that this was something completely different and, and better and new. So for that little stretch of time, I was doing it correctly and I was planning out the content and sending out just, it was education type emails to let them know what we had and, and that we could help them. Gotcha. So I think one thing that you guys can kind of add into that, that streamline to kind of help you build content a lot faster is that if you have a list of people, let's say you have a hundred people and they're clients already send them out a survey. Now, nine out of 10, whatever platform you're using, you're talking about active campaign, there's a way to send out that survey. And in that survey, you can then initiate feedback. And then once you get that feedback, so let's say you send out an email saying, hey guys, we have these two new types of coffee beans. Which one do you prefer? And let's say they pick the Colombian bean. Then what you can do on your side is create a video talking about the Colombian bean and everything that you've learned about that bean and then chop that up into 30 second, 60 second, 90 second videos, get those transcriptions and then email those back out to them. Mm-hmm. And then obviously that's just one of many things you can do. We're just talking about beans. Then after that, you can talk about flavors. You could talk about subscription services and you're constantly giving your audience an opportunity to feed into your system and then they'll see the results based upon the answers. And if you keep doing that, then you're, you're not just building products, you're building a community. Yeah. That's a great idea. So let's say I am 28 years old, coming out of college, starting a family, and I stumble across my love for coffee. What words of wisdom would you give to me to kind of help me on my way? Yeah, I, I don't know that I understood your question. <laughs> so so a, a, young, a young kid coming out of college, starting a family loves coffee. Uh, you're asking as a customer or somebody wanting to start a business? Starting a business. Starting start a business. So, so uh, the one thing I would say, um, unlike what we did, start your business early. You know, you got a lot less to lose when you're coming right out of college. So if you ever want to take the risk, and, I, and I've, I've, you know, kind of mentored a couple young, uh, young graduates before, and, you know, they've talked about, do I work for a big company? Do I work for a, a startup? They look, you'll you'll always have an opportunity to work for a large company. They're everywhere. You can always go find one of those. But very few people get to work for a startup or do their own business. So if you have that opportunity, start early. Um, it's a lot less risky. 
Um, you know, you don't have to worry about feeding a wife and kids potentially. You, you may or may not have a house. Uh, it seems like the older you get, you just get more expenses. Um, you know, so we, you know, that's one of our struggles, right? We waited until, gosh, a good 15, 20 years till we dove into this. But I always wonder, like, what if I just started it early on? Um, but now I'm just kind of rambling because as I think through that, I think something that's helped us been successful today is the experience I have learned working for other people for 10 or 15 years. So, yeah, I guess to that degree, I, I, I'm not sure which one would be better. But for sure, somebody, if, if they have a dream, they're coming out of school, uh, by all means, I think you should pursue it early. There's always the rest of your life to, you know, to work for someone else and to, to fall back and catch up. So, I mean, that's an interesting answer, which leads me to another question. So let's say I'm 50 years old and I'm tired of corporate America and I'm looking for opportunity to change and I fall in love with copy coffee. What would your words of wisdom be to me? Uh, yeah. So I think, I think if you're, if you're that age group and you could afford to do it, I think the best thing to do is just jump into the industry into some type of role. Um, you know, maybe it's uh, buying or getting, you know, if they, if they have enough of a corporate America background job and they could do sales or marketing or manufacturing, okay, maybe you jump into that in industry um, using your prior life experience to make sure like you like it. And um, yeah, I think the, 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 the same thing, uh, you know, at that point in life, I kind of think you want to test the waters a little bit before you just jump in, just because you probably have more to lose. But if you look, there's got to be opportunities out there. Um, but, you know, you also want to chase your dream. You know, I'd hate for anybody to go, man, I wish I'd done this 10 years ago. Uh, you know, that's something I, you know, I always tell people don't have a regret for not trying, you know, at least try and fail and just don't even try at all. You know, at least you're never going to have an opportunity to be successful if you don't try. There are ways to dip your toes in, sort of. I mean, we didn't just one day throw all of our other income streams away and say we're doing this. You know, it. We built it, even though it was sort of, sort of fast when you think about it. We were still able to do it on the side while still having security of other jobs, and you know, we did it more on the weekend or at night and things like that. But I think you can. You can do that without a lot of risk. Make sure you like it. Make sure that you are going to fit into that space. And then you can just gradually leave the other stuff behind is basically what we've done. So it hasn't been, there are a couple of times where there was a big leap and it was a little scary, but for the most part, you can just take it step by step and you don't have to throw it all to the wind on one day. Yeah, that's definitely great words of, of wisdom. So, I mean, with that, I'm just looking at, at both your brands, right? And obviously, one is a green pod and, and one is, is roasting. So you want to kind of just dive into the differences and kind of just explain like the definitions behind both these companies and why you have two versus one? Yeah, so I think uh, the why we have two versus one Um I guess to go back to Julie describing it, it earlier, we started with roasting coffee and having a roasting company. Um, and then as we started to get into, uh, uh, you know, trying to make our customers happy and we found the need for, uh, for coffee pods, a lot of people were asking for K-cups. You know, we went to a trade show looking for um, a machine or somebody to do it for us. And uh, that's when we found that there are small people there are companies that are co-packers that will package for people, but not necessarily the very small ones like ourselves. So it was people that were doing container loads of coffee, not, you know, 20 to 50 pounds. Um, likewise, the equipment to, uh, to make small-scale eco-friendly pods didn't exist. And that's when we stumbled across this company out of, uh, out of Italy called uh, Ica. And they had a plan to make what they thought was a R&D machine to make small scale manufacturing. And as we talked to the sales guy and, uh, you know, the owner of the company, Cesare, uh, we learned that, uh, you know, we could be a co-packer for other people. 
And, you know, these machines are so expensive, we don't have enough demand to pay for the machine, which is why all the roasters don't have it. Um, but if you can have enough demand, uh, then basically you could become a co-packaging service. Uh, so that's why, as we thought about it, and uh, manufacturing was, was my background, we said, yeah, let's, let's get into this. It's a, it's a need. Um, it's, a, it's a growing market with a lot of the uh, you know, new regulations and then just the uh, consumer awareness of single-serve plastics. Um, you know, we felt like this was definitely an opportunity of growth. Um, and we started this as a separate, uh, separate name, uh, just from the standpoint of when we're trying to do business with other roasters, it'd be a lot better to have a name around more of our packaging technology than just the coffee roasters. We wanted it to be more around our technology and what, what our service is. And that's why we went with two different names, two different logos, two different brands. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, you guys have a, a great understanding of like marketing and branding. So to, to what you, pretty much what, what you just said to summarize it is essentially guide roasting is Amazon and green pod is prime. Right. And the, the union between the two works seamlessly. They support each other in all aspects of the business, but green pod is more developed and designed to talk about a particular product and guide roasting essentially is more of a service and the union between the two is a, is a beautiful marriage. So I think that's definitely um, insightful and a great choice as a business option to have both sides of the coin. So just going into like, um, like how could people find you online? Like what's your, your links? And again, there's two separate brands. So what's your websites for either brand? What's your social media for either brand phone numbers and so forth? Yeah. So we have websites and Facebook pages for both. So guide roasting company.com and green pod And then on Facebook, we're guide roasting company and green pie coffee packing. So we try to, at least with green pod, be really intentional about the name, helping people to find us since we were creating something that did not previously exist. People don't necessarily know to search for it. So if they're searching specifically for green coffee pods, we're hoping that they would find us that way just by the name. Um, and then we're also on Instagram, but I, I'll be honest, I'm not very good with Instagram. So mostly Facebook and the website is, is where you can find us. And then we we have two separate phone numbers here. So the, the guide number is 804-418-3164. It's the black phone. Yeah, we have a black phone and a silver phone, so we know which one we're answering. And then the Green Pod Coffee Packing is 804 804- Five six two five 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 zero. That sounds right. Yeah, it's definitely interesting that you um, brought up Instagram, and I think a lot of people may have debatable issues with Instagram versus Facebook. So, just to kind of just dive into that just a little bit, think of um, Facebook as being the older uncle to the you know the younger child of Instagram. So, the demographics are essentially different between Facebook and Instagram. But Instagram gives you an opportunity to showcase more of a lifestyle brand. And that's what I'm thinking your, your green pod is. So and diving into green pod, I mean, I think that's more eco-friendly. It's more environmental friendly. So if you want to kind of have more of a robust following on Instagram, then that's kind of the content that you want to post on Instagram and more so driven towards video, more so talking about the environment, talking about landfills and putting that content in a visual presentation on Instagram would help you grow on Instagram a lot faster than just say Facebook. Facebook is more so here's my brand, here's my product. And then you can target the audience, which essentially could be age 18 to 55. So just understanding that, hopefully that can kind of help you to market a little bit differently on Instagram and get a larger following. Yeah, that's definitely true. And like, I feel like my age range, I'm, I'm in the Facebook age but I'm just like just outside of the Instagram age so it's hard for me to sort of relate to it I suppose and then I've had people telling me oh businesses are on TikTok now and all these other things and I haven't even downloaded that one yet so we need to hire some younger people to help me with this side of of this it just starts with your messaging. I mean, whatever your mission statement is, you stick to that mission statement and then you create content that supports that mission statement. 
And again, going back to the surveys, you do surveys, figure out what that audience is and what they want on that particular platform. And then you just fill in the void and you step and repeat. If you just start doing that on TikTok and Instagram, you, you'll definitely see a difference from currently what you're seeing right now. And it doesn't have to be you personally understanding it. Just let the audience tell you what they want. Yeah, I love the idea of the surveys. That's something that we haven't done at all. So, Well, this goes back to my point, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes ago, however long it's been. People just share information with you. You know, you're telling us all about Instagram and TikTok and, you know, you just have to be aware enough to know that um, it may not be your expertise, but it doesn't mean it doesn't matter. So, you know, we, we're at least aware that that's an area we need to do something. I mean, your ideas are great and helpful. So, you know, I, I think to be successful, you have to just listen to other people and, you know, like Julie said, don't try to do it all. Find somebody that can help you. Find somebody that can do it for you or teach you how to do it. But, you know, don't don't waste time just trying to muscle through it on your own and, and, and stumble. At least get somebody to help you and, and do it right. Yeah, I def- definitely agree. So going into the bonus round, right? Um, if either one of you could spend 24 hours with anybody, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Part of this is, uh, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Southeast Texas and, you know, as far as history, all we learned about was, you know, Texas history in the Alamo. We didn't learn about anything else. So like the whole revolutionary history is kind of, kind of, uh, I hate to say it's new, but, you know, they had, uh, uh, during the, the pandemic, we watched the show Hamilton, you know, just, yeah, well, it's just like any of the founding fathers, you know, it's just to know what it was like back then during their time, uh, you know, the problems they faced. It just seems like, uh, I don't know, it's just interesting. You know, those guys did a lot of great things that people just, or at least people like me, aren't 100% aware of. So I think it'd be interesting just to kind of understand what things were like back then. Oh. And for yourself, Julie? So say that I thought I could probably guess where he was going to go because we have sort of gotten obsessed with watching Hamilton. And then that has led me on to like read more in depth about these different people. And like you said, the I shouldn't say this as a school teacher probably, but a lot of the history that you learn in school is not always super accurate. So it's been cool to kind of go back and and get more of the story per se. And yeah, so I was going to say <laughs> that I would probably want to spend the day with the founding fathers. Um, Hamilton in particular just fascinates me how he, his life story, you know, how he came as an immigrant and, and did all of these things. So I would, that's who I was going to go with and I let you steal it, but I just wanted to see if that's what you would say before I did mine. <laughs> yeah. I'd be okay with like, you know, Ben Franklin or George Washington or someone else. I'll let you have Hamilton. Yeah, it's definitely it's cool watching the way both of you process. I mean, obviously you guys are different, but you guys share so many commonalities that I kind of see the synergy. So, I mean, working together, it, it makes perfect sense. And I mean, it's a, it's a great opportunity, not just for you guys, but for people outside looking in and have an opportunity to see what a husband and wife that are synergistic inside of an environment that are kind of opposite work together to get the same common goal and the same common achievement is a great insightful thing to be coming to fruition. Um, So going into like the last bonus bonus question would be if you could be a superhero, who would it be and why? All right, go, go first. I don't want you to accuse me of stealing yours. Well, so for this one, I don't have one for sure. So soup, when I think superhero, I think someone that can, can help people, but, but I don't know which superhero is best at that. Like I would maybe want to create my own superhero. Like, so if you created one, what would be the superpowers of that particular superhero? Okay. Well, you have to be able to fly cause that's just for fun, <laughs> but I would want to, maybe you could like thinking like Jesus, the fish and the loaves thing, like, be able to multiply food. So it 
that's something that just, I'm sure it bothers everybody, but in particular, I think about it often, how much food that we waste. And then there are so many people that don't have food and are hungry. Like, how can we have so much food in this world and not be able to, to feed everyone? So being a mom, I would be the superhero that feeds everyone and flies to all the different locations. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's a very interesting answer. Yeah. I was going to go with, with Iron Man, mostly because, uh, you know, all the cool technology and, you know, his, his uh, computer assistant that's super helpful. You know, I, I have, I love technology. I like all the things it can do. Um, I lack the patience to figure it out. So, you know, I like to think that, you know, all that stuff could just kind of be created and, and there for you. And, and uh, you know, if you need something, just ask for it. So, Great, great. Well, I mean, I definitely want to thank you guys for, for taking out your busy schedule to, to get on this podcast today. I think you guys definitely gave some solid gems. And I think more so than anything else, it's just the synergy between a couple that's working to a common goal is something that I think more people need to see and understand that, you know, even if your significant other is not on board yet, they potentially can be on board and then you guys can figure things out and grow together. So I definitely uh, commend you guys and, and thank you for, for doing this particular episode. Yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having us. And visiting. Yeah, it's been fun. SA Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.